Hi, this is the Ministry Misfit, Andrew Fouts. I'm also the Director of Digital Resources for CSRM and the producer of Overwhelming Victory Productions. And today we want to talk a little bit about Anchor FM. Part of our job here at Overwhelming Victory Radio is to provide ministries with easy and affordable ways to create their own media content. And one of these ways is Anchor FM. Anchor is a free one-stop studio with tools to allow you to create a custom podcast experience. They do everything from creation tools, distribution tools, and even marketing tools with ads such as this. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I grew up unchurched. Like we went to church only to appease my grandfather who sang in the choir and preached from time to time. But other than that, I mean, the only praying I did was either when I was playing baseball and I wanted to perform well, or I really wanted a girl to like me. And so I'd pray to God, please, 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 all kinds of bargaining. If you grant this for me, God, I will go to church all the time. But beyond that, I had no spirituality. And then going into high school and college, kind of when this decline into darkness started, and as I like to say, my road to Jesus was paved by alcohol and Adderall. And when I got to college, I was first introduced to the drug. And man, it changed my life. Well, Adderall did some things, but it also led me to a place of uh, complete darkness and a loss of relationships, jobs, basically everything that was good in my life. And so when I wasn't taking Adderall, it was on, I was, excuse me, when I wasn't taking Adderall, I would just then go to alcohol, had to be under the influence of something. And so I spent about four years in complete uh, substance abuse and alcohol addiction to the point where it almost cost me my life on several occasions. And so being unemployed, kicked out of the house, uh, burning down bridges, more than I can count. I had to find a place to get some help and being unemployed and uninsured, rehabilitation places are expensive. I mean, like $30,000 for a stay. I just didn't have that kind of money. And so in my research and in my mom's research, we both found this place called Teen Challenge. And there was a place, there's a, a chapter of it, a facility in Youngstown. And they were charging a thousand bucks for the year. And I knew they did the Jesus thing, but that was like secondary. But just the place to go would have been would have been best. And so, yeah, Jesus came along with that deal, but for a thousand bucks, you couldn't beat it. And then it was in that place where I met Jesus and saw him impacting the lives of people who really were facing some problems a lot bigger than mine. We're talking people who were in and out of jail with felonies uh, on addicted drugs that were way harder than what I was doing and they were having these experiences with Jesus where it's not just in word but in like experience and in power it was incredible to see how Jesus met these other men and how it was very real to them and that's when I first started craving it I'm like I need this and so on a on a fateful day on October 2nd 2010 on a bus ride to a Pittsburgh Steelers game I mean is there any righteous in Pittsburgh? Uh, we we work security for those games uh, as part of our way to raise room and board for ourselves. But on the way to that bus ride, um, that's where I met Jesus. I, I prayed the prayer with two of the guys I got along with least in the whole program. And so with my enemies going into enemy territory, that's where I brought, uh, inter- that's where I invited Jesus into my life. And so things have just changed dramatically since that moment and life has gotten uh, a lot better although the the struggles have not subsided the battle still rages on but it's different now with jesus and so when i was in teen challenge there was something inside of me saying i need more than what i'm getting here i need uh, i need to be filled and i need uh, a more intense i don't know indwelling and um, informing and transforming and so i left my pastor said, have you considered seminary? I said, I don't even know if I can get into Bible school or Sunday school, but he said I should go check it out. And so a couple months later, I was enrolled at Ashland Theological Seminary, got my degree, uh, went into clinical pastoral education at Akron uh, City Hospital, 
and got certified in chaplaincy. Ran from that calling because I was running from a pastoral calling, but then I ran from the chaplaincy thing because I just wasn't loving it. And then I came here to the church at First Baptist here in Alliance. Um, I always thought I didn't want to be a pastor because I'd never be wise enough or mature enough or smart enough. And I don't think I'm any of those things right now, nor do I think I ever will be. But uh, there's something within the church that I just, I love. And it's life giving to me. And it gives me that sense of vocation, like I'm where I'm supposed to be. And so I've seen God use all the things from my past in this great redemptive way. Um, even my degree, which I thought I would never use from college and media production, I'm using that now in service to the church. and. It's just been incredible to see how God has used every single thing uh, for his glory and for my good. And it's it's been a wonderful journey and I'm still on it. The ups and downs are still there, but Jesus is totally different. And that sounds cliche, but it's true. Hey everybody, welcome back to Mr. Misfits. We are at the end of season one. And it's kind of weird that we're already at the end of season one. Yeah, especially, it hasn't even been a year for me coming on technically right. in May, but also doing things in August for recording. So right. it hasn't been a full yet year for me, but even coming to the close right. seems strange. Yeah, but and we we have covered a lot in a very, I mean, I guess I guess technically we kind of cheated because we did a lot in a month, in a 12-day span, well, 13-day span. For our twelve days of misfits. For our twelve days of misfits <laughs> with a day in between where I realized that we forgot to record something anyway, so it still ended up being twelve. Um Yeah. So we we are at the end of season one though. Mm-hmm. So those that are keeping track, this episode here, which I believe is episode forty, if my number is right, which it's probably not because I think we may have recorded something out of order again. If this is episode forty or forty one, whichever it is, we are going to be taking a short break for the month of march although we're not taking a, a break it's just you aren't going to hear us yeah no no formal <laughs> recordings yeah yeah so when we come back in march what you are going to find is a new cover maybe some new music we're, we're still talking Up with debate we're yeah we're, we're still in debates about that um as well as um, not necessarily a new format, but you know we're we're hoping to have a little bit of a, a different branding to all of this now that Brandon is here to stay and can't escape. And we also so we, you know be be watching social media, be watching the website. Although the website may be changing a little bit as well. And we will be back in April. We do have a couple of things scheduled in March that we'll we'll keep you guys updated with on the website and on Facebook. But that is what is going to be happening here after this week until April and we return. But we're not in March yet. No, we still got this last episode here today. Yes, and we are excited to do this one because this is one where I contacted him a while back because I actually found him initially through the Dunder Mifflin Theological Seminary on Facebook. And he has no idea even what that is, which it makes it even more fun that he has no idea how I found him in the first place. I was hoping you were going to say doing one of your deliveries, you saw the sign. Driving no, I, well, I had, I had, but I didn't recognize it as much because I'm always looking for the address rather than, you know, I actually pay attention on the road. Thank you very much. But the funniest thing is that he's only a half hour, not even a half hour, 20 minutes from us. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it took the Dunder Mifflin page for me to actually find him. But he's in our backyard. Yeah. That's right. So we want to make sure that other people can find him without having to join the Dunder Mifflin Theological Seminary. Although if you're interested, let me know. Because if you like the office and you like Jesus, then you'll like the, the Dunder Mifflin Theological Seminary. So we are talking today to Pastor Josh Smith of Alliance First Baptist Church here in Alliance, Ohio. And we are actually, though, going to be talking not necessarily as much about him as we are about his sign out in the front of the church that has its own Instagram page, which has more followers than us. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pastor Josh, welcome to Ministry Misfits. Well, it's a dubious honor to be with you. And I have to say... Uh, Finding out that I was discovered through the Dunder Mifflin 
seminary page as a huge office fan myself um that might be more prestigious than my own degree from ashland theological seminary <laughs> there you I, go I think i'm more proud of being discovered it's the dunder mifflin theological seminary we can put that in a frame and also put that behind you and actually right, right next can, to those yeah. diplomas <laughs> actually we I, i'm pretty sure in the the store that the page created you can't actually get a decree print <laughs> I'm not, don't quote me on that because I, I know the store made some changes, but that was in talks at one point. I'll, I'll hit you up after and give you the information for that. We, there's, a whole, there's a whole line of different theological seminary groups on Facebook for things like um, there's one for Cuscotopia. Um, there's one for Pawnee. There's one for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. There's Greendale Bible College is a fun one for those of you that like community. Um, Anyway, that's a whole nother topic, although it is kind of on topic because we're talking yeah, today a little good. I could talk about the office for days. That's right. <laughs> we're, we're, we're on topic a little bit, though, because we are talking about kind of the the concept of, you know, church missions marketing. Because it is something that, you know, the, these kind of memes and seminary groups kind of have that kind of mindset of, of we can still have fun and still do this stuff, but still be effective and still be be Christian in the process. So let's, let's talk a little bit. We're going to post some pictures up here of some of my favorites that you guys have done so far. What's, I'm curious to hear what those are because yeah, I I'll, I'll show. We'll, we'll I'll let you look through them as well, we as we. I, I know go. Josh already mentioned in his testimony a little bit about the Steelers, and so also me being a big Browns fan. Unfortunately, I think one of my favorite ones was it's the same from the beginning today and in the end, and it was just the Cleveland Browns helmet, which I'm, it's unfortunate, but at this point, the model seems of true. consistency. That's right. <laughs> so. For those that don't know what we're talking about, we are literally talking about the sign in front of their church. It's not just like, oh, the signs and wonders of God. This is literally a sign in front of their church. So, you, you know, when we talked about this initially, you said this sign is really your baby. What What's the deal with this church sign? Well, when I first got to this church four years ago, uh, you know, the sign was already there. Um, it had been purchased under the last regime. And when I came in, I'm like, I need to get my hands on that sign. I need the password. And so through some uh, back channel dealings with another uh, leader in the church, I was able to at least grip some of that control away from another person in the church. No, he was happy to share it, share it with me. But <laughs> uh, I just saw a very funny joke that I wanted to put on the sign. And it, it was like dad joke funny. Um, who do who do mice worship? Cheeses. They worship cheeses, and so dumb. But I laughed more than I should have, and I'm like, this needs to be on the sign. And so I put it on the sign, and that is where the process began. But when I saw it, uh, it was like a magnetic tractor beam just pulling me right in. I need this sign. There's some things I can do with this sign, and then I got it, and here we are. <laughs> So, so prior to you coming, because, you know, most, again, part of the reason why I never really look at the signs on the side of the road while I'm driving is that the, the majority uh, of signs you see in front of a church, I'm trying to think of the nice way to put it. You know, they're, 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 they're condemning, is that what? Well, they're either condemning. They're either completely non-biblical at all in the way that they're wording things, they are corny, they're cheesy, or they're just advertising the latest thing and they probably misspelled something. So they're not really worth my time looking at most of the time. But then you go past First Baptist Church in Alliance now, and it's not just words on the screen. Now you're driving by, and there's a picture of Christopher Walken staring at you as you're sitting there by the light at the light. Before you got there, would you describe, you know, as long as you're not going to get in too much? Well, you already said this was back channel dealing, so I don't know that you can get in much yeah, more trouble that than password, that. Yeah, you know. Was this sign the typical church sign from the beginning, or was this something where there was at least potential to start with? Now, this was your basic 
electronic church sign. So information about when we worship on Sundays, what our website was, the weather and the temperature, and then any other events that we had going on around Alliance or in the church. And so it was, it was pretty basic. I got into the account and was able to see all the old slides that had been made and um, not a whole lot of comedy, uh, actually none <laughs> comedy. <laughs> so what's, what's the breakdown now as far as comedy compared to just general information? Do you have a percentage balance? Well, I like to have at least my one comedic slide. I like to say thought provoking. It's be more comedic, but I'll give myself more credit. I think they inspire <laughs> thought and I like to have at least one of those. And so we have five or six slides. I might throw my comedic slide in twice in that rotation. And so um, each slide is eight seconds. And so I'll, I'll give my own 16 seconds total. I was about to say, I went by yesterday and it was up there a lot longer than eight seconds. <laughs> you might, you might get a little, uh, yeah, a double dose when you go by because uh, people have come to love it and I want more people to see it. And I think it's, maybe I'm being preferential, but I think it's more important than basic information right. um, that, that people get a laugh. It's, it's great sometimes to sit at the end of the driveway because it's, it's difficult to get out on State Street sometimes, especially at like 4.30 or at lunchtime. And so I'll sit there waiting to get out, but I can see people laughing as they drive by the sign. Oh, that fills my heart with glee. When I'm like, it's working. We are we are doing ministry here, <laughs> <laughs> and that that's that's part of what we're gonna get to here in a minute. Is that but before we get to why this actually is a ministry, what has the response been from from the church? First of all, has the church response? I mean, I I would think by now because it's been a couple of years. By now, they they probably have gotten used to it and, and everything, but. What has the response from the church been? Is this something where they're just like, oh, this is this is funny. Oh, this is horrible. They're looking for the password back. Right. You know, <laughs> my guess is that there's also probably a large percentage of the church that if they listen to this are going to be like, we have a sign. Um, yeah. <laughs> but what what has the actual response been? Towards the beginning, when things were basically text only and corny Christian jokes, um, which again, I will laugh at more than I should. Uh, people in the church would laugh along. Uh, they, they loved the idea of having some humor on the sign. And I would, I would need comments like from our custodian when he came in, Oh, I like this one. I like that one. Uh, I don't get this one, or you should try this one. We can talk about that too. People who like to recommend <laughs> ideas. <laughs> we we've got one we've got one for you for uh, the the week that we release this. By the way, we we've already come up with one for you. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, let me do my uh, what Chris Pratt gift. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Can't wait. But once I found out I could do pictures on the sign and do more of a meme style, I got more of a reaction. Now, as you mentioned. There are some people who I don't think have ever noticed that we have funny stuff on our church <laughs> sign. And when we mention Instagram, it's like, what's that? Or could not care less. And there's those because they're cultural references. They're like, I don't get this. Why is this funny? And things become not quite as funny when you have to explain them. But <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, well, we're appealing to a younger audience. So it can't be all bad, which I can respect that. I've not gotten too much flack from the church um, only like once or twice have people been of the opinion that this might be a little bit too edgy. And so that's why I always have the people I'll bounce sign ideas off of. Um, I've not done that recently because I just think I'm a good barometer now. But when I started maybe pushing the envelope a little bit, I would talk to my wife, I'd talk to some of my pastor friends. And if my, my pastor friend said, don't post it while well, I was posting it. Um, but if my wife said, don't do it, I would, I would shy away from it. But from the church itself, they have been either oblivious or they have been supportive. <laughs> Only once or twice have I gotten into a little bit of, a little bit of hot water. Now, have, have you seen from the community? Cause you know, you, you're saying, obviously people are laughing as they're driving by, um, you know, your Instagram page is making its rounds 
what has the response been from the community in terms of that your church may have actually noticed? Not just you seeing them laughing by, but you know, has there been any other impact that you've seen? Absolutely, I have. I was at the hospital the other day getting some blood work done and getting all my information at the beginning. And the lady asked me, where do you work? And I said, at First Baptist Church. She said, oh, that's a church that has the funny signs out front. I said, oh, yes, yes, we are. And she said, who who does those? And I said, yours truly. I do those. <laughs> and, the presence of a celebrity. And then, yes. Uh, and then there's a guy who came over to our house a couple months ago to replace our water heater. And again, the conversation, what do you do for a living? I'm a pastor, First Baptist Church. He goes, oh, I love your signs. I love that one where you had Mike DeWine doing that thing where he's pointing to his eyes, like I'm watching you, making sure you're wearing your mask. He's like, I love that sign. Who does those? Of course, I had the honor of saying, it was me. I do those. <laughs> so it comes up in conversation quite a bit when I say I work at First Baptist Church. I'm like, oh, that's a church with the funny signs. Like, yeah, that's us. That's uh, maybe how we're known best. <laughs> now, have you have you also had the conversation yet from maybe new members of the church that have have came in and said, "Hey, I stopped in and decided to go to your church today because I saw the sign or I've heard about it in the past." I had this as like a feather in my cap because I thought when I first started doing the signs, maybe someday there'd be people who would attend here because they saw the sign and they wanted to find out what we were about. And when we were doing church services outside towards the beginning of the pandemic, we were having drive-in church and a young lady started attending and eventually I got a chance to talk to her once we were okay to have windows down and, and be closer. So I asked her, what, what brought you here? And she said, well, I was driving by one day looking at, for other churches and I saw your sign and I pulled in and that, that woman has now become a member of our church. There have been other people who have visited because they said they thought the sign was funny and they wanted to see what we were about. I, I've, some of them don't stay, but of course, you know, people don't really attend a church strictly because they have a good sign or even good social media or, or any other of the, the outlets that we have. Yep. Uh, but I do know that people have come in because the sign has attracted them. And so every time that would happen, I go to my friend, Jeff, uh, he, we, we very much miss him. He died at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the first COVID-19 deaths in the city here in Alliance. Mm. But every time someone would come into our church and they say they were there because of the sign, I'll go over to Jeff and say, I told you so. Because he was the one who was kind of nervous about giving me the password. And I'd say, look, Jeff, we are growing because of this sign. Look at the great decision that you made by handing some of the control over to me. And so every, every time I ask people, you know, what brought you to First Baptist Church today? There's a little part of me. It's like, I hope they say it's because of the church sign. And it has worked out that way on a few occasions. Awesome. So we're, we are going to take a quick break because we want to get into more of the actual, like why we're talking about this here um, when we come back. So stay tuned. If you don't want to listen to the commercial, go check out his Instagram now and find all the good ones. Um, and we will be right back after this. This episode of the Ministry Misfits podcast and this awesome shirt are brought to you by a courageous clothing company. Courageous Clothing Company is a Christian family-owned business that specializes in custom designs that they create as well as bulk screen printing of your custom designs as well. When you buy from Courageous Clothing Company, you're not just buying an awesome shirt, you also are helping spread the gospel across the world through the missions that they support, such as this here with Ministry Misfits, as well as with their own designs that have Christian-themed messages sharing the gospel in an awesome and relevant way, or as we say within CSRM and Mr. Misfits, strategically relevant evangelism. Check out their entire line at CourageousClothingCompany.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. We are here with Pastor Josh Smith of First Baptist Church and Alliance, or as he's known on Instagram, that church sign guy. And we are talking actually about that church sign and not really about him at all, but he's the, he is the, uh, spokesperson for the sign. Um, and the, the, uh, very humble about it creator of all the awesomeness that comes on there. Um, 
so we we talked a little bit <laughs> we talked a little bit at the beginning about how the sign whole the whole sign thing came to be about what the responses have been and that for the most part within the church it's been good or we have a sign from the community it's been either just this made my day or this made me want to find out more about you and we want to start kind of there um, you know, we, we talk all the time. We've got the fourfold rubric. So we've got strategic, we've got relevance, we've got efficiency and effectiveness. And that's kind of how we, we determine success within a ministry is, are we doing these four things? You've already talked about, you definitely have the strategic side down because people are taking notice. Relevance wise, who is it that you are actually trying to reach with all of this? Because you already said that some of your members don't get the jokes and you tell them that's okay, it's not really for you. Who is it that you're actually doing this for? Well, when I look at the age demographic of our church and see that we are very similar to a lot of churches of our size with, I'll use fancy terms, octogenarians and septuagenarians, and people who trend older, uh, I was trying to appeal to the ages that we're missing and the ones that aren't attending our church and aren't in the pews. And so I figured anyone my own age would be a good uh, target audience. I mean, we have Mount Union right down the road from us. And so I was about to say, those, those people that are up and down this street all the time. Right. If you don't know Alliance, you pro if you watch college football at all, like multi-level college football at all, you actually know Alliance because Mount Union wins the Division Three championship like yeah, every year every for year. the past <laughs> 50 years. So you probably yeah. have seen and heard of Alliance. It is a major college town. So uh, a, yeah. a church that is in its 70s and 80s, demographically, there's probably some room to grow. Yeah, and the, the the thing that many of us in the Alliance area aren't doing well is connecting with the Mountain Union student demographic. Uh, but I was a college student once, and I realized I'm not going to be traveling to churches down the road when I'm in college. I did, I worshipped at a different altar in college, <laughs> so it was uh, the, the altar of Anheuser Busch. Now, sometimes Sunday morning was for sleeping it off, but you know the. the to appeal to those students or to appeal to someone like my age in their mid thirties, upper mid thirties. Um, that's kind of what we, we see. And if we can find a way to engage with them, whether that is them actually walking through the doors of our church or just getting the sign and getting Jesus out there and having people get a laugh while at the same time having Jesus associated with it, that's something that we want to do. And so I feel like the sign has been a, a wonderful way to make that connection. And now you, you shared in, in your testimony a little bit, you shared a couple of different things. You shared one that, you know, the ministry call came pretty close to the time of you accepting Christ, but that you, you, you know, we, we talk all the time, the people not wanting to actually go into ministry, even when they're called into ministry, that's, a, you know, the normal more than it is the, the, the outlier. But, you know, you had a media background, mm -hmm. not a, you know, not necessarily a theology background until you went to Ashland. Did you ever, when you were at Ashland, did you ever think that your media background actually was preparation for your ministry? Never once. The, the most that I would do with my media degree was like, I'll be on Christian radio or something. I, I was on student radio in college and I did audio editing and some video editing as well. I just didn't see how ministry would involve any of that whatsoever. And so basically I'm like, well, I spent, well, the student loan company spent that money to help me get the degree <laughs> and I'll pay that back for the rest of my life. Uh, but once I'm, once I left there, I was like that, that degrees null and void. I figured that was uh, four years that equipped me to be a better Jeopardy player with all the electives that I had to take and gave me some kind of cool skills that maybe I might use one day. But I, I truly thought that 
the media degree was going to just going to be on the shelf and collecting dust once I went in ministry. Yeah, it's cool to see it come full circle. And I don't think you always realize it until we slowly get down the road. And then you look back behind in the rear view mirror and then you're like, oh, that's what God was doing the whole time. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's how I mean, those last especially these two last two years in particular, like going online with worship services, pre-recording stuff. Now I'm, I'm thinking, thank God I have all this media training because I wouldn't have known how to do this without it. And so it wasn't collecting dust on the shelf. God is using everything. Now, now with that in mind, do you, the, the idea that you had of, well, the media degree is out now because I'm going into pastoral ministry. Do you think that that really at the heart of it is why our churches are so bad at doing this kind of stuff that we're talking about today? As far as, you know, the signage, the online church, the, you know, the even in some cases, the Christian radio networks it is the, this idea of the media stuff is secondary, causing a lot of these different rifts that we've got going on right now. You know, I, I hadn't thought about it that way. When I'm thinking about, you know, my other friends who are facing the same struggles we are, you know, post-pandemic church, what are we supposed to be doing? And then what seminary equipped us for? I'm not surprised that we have arrived at a place where media is needed and essential to where then our pastors are thinking well, not thinking, they're realizing this is way beyond me. I never thought in a, in a million years in pastoral ministry, I would have to embrace something outside of studying scripture, preaching messages, visiting hospitals and baptizing. I was going to say babies, but we don't do that. Uh, baptizing adults. <laughs> so you're going to get yourself in trouble here. We, we don't have to do any work now. You're going to get yourself in trouble. <laughs> it's, it's not a surprise then that when we're faced with these issues, we're left at a loss. I mean, even a, a beginner's knowledge of assembling media, producing it, uh, even getting it out there, I still feel like I'm behind the eight ball because I'm a staff of one and I don't have a team that is young and trendy and can do all these things naturally because that's what they grew up with. Uh, I'm 36 years old and everything I know is from back in the early 2000s. And so I'm sure there's better ways of doing things that are more engaging and better looking. But even now I'm, I'm thinking this is, this is beyond what I thought ministry would be, which again has been the last two years. It's been a lot of it has been beyond what I thought ministry would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So quick commercial here. Those, if you are a pastor that is that we just described that is like this is beyond me i don't know what we're doing even now that we are kind of post not post pandemic but we are post lockdown in most cases if you are trying to figure out how to do this digital ministry stuff let us know we you know the csrm side of us we we do these kind of consultations everything like that if you actually are wanting to learn how to do this contact us let us know because we we want we want there to be more churches doing this kind of thing and doing it well. With that to say, oh, go ahead. Yeah, you looked like you had an idea here. Yeah, and this was not a paid endorsement, but I can see the benefit in having that kind of training because we don't think user engagement and content and clicks and any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. is, we're just trying to figure out the one or two things that we do well and really hammer in on those. And I think once churches determine those one or two things they do well, I don't know that online engagement or media production would be one of those things they'd pick. And so outside help would be needed. And so, Hey, great job guys. That's, that's a great, that's a great offering. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and this a is paid a non-paid person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is the second half of, of the fourfold rubric is that efficient effectiveness you know, before it can be effective, it's got to be efficient. So it's got to be something that fits the mission and vision of your church, which obviously it fits the mission and vision of your church because it, it really is just another extension of you as a pastor in the community. You know, th this sign out there is not just a sign for the church. 
you you are putting your personality into the science so in a way people as they drive by are getting a glimpse of what they can see in the pulpit sunday morning although you're not christopher walken <laughs> um, no. 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 <laughs> nor, am I, nor am I the actor who plays Jesus on the chosen or you know. Right. <laughs> you know, you but people already have an idea. You even talk about the fact people recognize it when you walk into the grocery store, when you go get your hair cut, all these different things. People are already associating the church with the idea of we can actually go and be ourselves there. You know, the the part that we want to kind of start moving our way into the is this thing of this is what we talk about when we talk about integrating things together within ministry you know there are different types of integration you know we we talked on the csrm podcast a few years ago about integrating the sports ministry and the children's ministry and how they need to work together but there's another side of integrating ministry and that is integrating your personality with the mission and vision that god's given you and that holy discontent and so for you, you've already talked about comedy and media are two things that are big with you and you've you've learned to integrate them. And this is something that those two things in particular is a little bit of a hot button issue online right now within the evangelical church. For those that don't know what we're talking about, Stephen Colbert, who I think is way better than most late night show guys anyway. That's a whole nother side note. Um, why'd you look at me weird? Do you disagree? No, I was just waiting for you to say something else on somebody that came at you for, for your opinion on that. Oh, no, nobody came at me for that. But they did come at me in a way for the fact that he he is a diehard Lord of the Rings fan, first of all. So if you haven't heard him completely do apologetic style work on Lord of the Rings, you need to go find those videos because they are hilarious. But he is also a very devout and very outspoken Catholic. And he's had atheists on his show where he doesn't just interview them about their book. He then goes and actually starts to pick apart the arguments that they make and starts trying to do apologetic work on air. Late this, the, I think it was last week. Yeah, I believe it was last week. Well, it'd be three weeks ago when we released this. So a few weeks ago, he had, I, I can't say her name. It's a long name or a, a foreign name, I think. But it is Dua Lipa. Yeah, there we go. Dua Lipa, yeah. She was on the show, and she kind of turned the interview around. Instead of him asking her questions, she asked him about how he does comedy and faith at the same time. Because it seems like those two things in today's world can't go together. And the answer he gave was all about how his faith impacts him being able to do comedy because it's about eternity, death is not the end, and so even in sad things there's there's happiness. And he gave a great example of what faith looks like in a, in a contemporary context. But the reactions that we see online are either people saying, this is awesome, look at the platform he has, or you go the other route of, this is horrible, he had an opportunity to share the gospel and he didn't. Why is it that we seem to think that we cannot actually integrate comedy and faith together unless we are doing a full presentation of the gospel? Why do you think that is? Wow. The gospel can be offensive and... I think when people are looking for that reprieve of comedy, they don't want to, well, I would say they don't want to be offended. Oh, they don't want to be offended. Comedy will offend. Man, this is changing my whole paradigm on this. Comedy <laughs> does offend anyway, so why not go for it? Right? <laughs> this this is a whole live breaking, yes. you know, you are watching us change this man's mind right here on air. So how, why are people hesitant for a full presentation of the gospel in comedy? I guess what I'm arriving at now is they, they shouldn't be hesitant about it because if we're going to, I don't know, can there be like a Dave Chappelle of Christianity that will uh, get on stage, make people laugh and offend? Maybe there's room for that. I don't know that we would have it because especially with Christianity, there are so many, niches and different beliefs and even the nuance of doing things 
that I think maybe we have this propensity to want to look for something that angers us or offends us. And so with comedy, that's easy to do. And especially when we get uppity Christians as we can be, how dare he insult infant baptism or how dare he uh, insult, you know, what we see happening with the elements at communion. Uh, It would take some work to make jokes about those things, but um, with the sacredness of Jesus, uh, I feel like there might be that hesitance to perhaps sully the sacredness because of comedy. Maybe that comedy would undermine the high view that we're supposed to have or that some would argue we're supposed to have with Jesus. Um, I think perhaps overlooking some of the human components of his character. Um, and in fact, Jesus is holy and separate and to be honored and revered, not to be a part of a punchline or a joke. So do you, you know, th- this is the the thing with those of us that do that are in the digital ministry world kind of doing some of the thinking for it is the, the question that comes up is, is are memes appropriate for churches? You know, can we post a meme on a church page? My answer has always been definitely. <laughs> you know, I I used I I had there uh, a Bible study curriculum I wrote for uh, the missions team I was leading one time. I did an entire one of the days started with one Star Wars GIF and ended with another. You know, like we we used those things because we were talking about um, you know we were joking about this ahead of time, but you know, some of the online conversations I've had recently of on, on, you know, arrogance within the church is this idea of, you know, some, you know, how do we wield the fruit of the spirits? The same thing we see in in star Wars of either, you know, we've got people that are able to wield it professionally, ethically, everything like that. Or you have the whole Anakin at about to get his legs chopped off going, you, you underestimate my power. You know, those are those are things that are memes and gifts, but yet they still show us a true gospel message if they are used properly. A representation. A rep yeah, a representation that you know, and all and all of those sort of things. So I'm assuming since you're making these memes yourself, that you probably would agree that memes in the church do not have to disagree. Correct. It's like it's like science and faith. They are not at odds. Uh, it can it can be done well. And for crying out loud, people accept their information about vaccines from memes. <laughs> so why not accept their information about faith from memes? It's no different. I mean, maybe it is, but <laughs> memes memes can be an effective tool, and they get you around some filters. Although I've not made any <laughs> that would be filter worthy of a misinformation. None of my memes have been flagged, um, <laughs> which, which can happen with other stuff, but it can be done well. Now I have seen it used ineffectively and I will not name names, but a pastor that I know, since I know several, they won't feel isolated or sorry, picked out, picked out, picked on, whatever you want to say that uh, preached the gospel through memes. Like it was, uh, might've been a series, um, but he, there's that one meme of a guy who's like kind of cocky and he's smiling and has a blunt between his lips and it, obviously a marijuana one, not just a cigar. <laughs> he unknowingly used that in his sermon or he used it in the sermon, not knowing what this was between his lips. <laughs> and when that hit anyone who was under like 40 years old was like, Oh my word. He is showing up a picture of a dude smoking a blunt in church. Now, the dude not smoking a blunt in church, but the picture in church. And so it's it's a sign that maybe there's not uh, some great understanding of memes in the context when we use them. I, I think with with my demographic, we understand memes. We've grown we've grown up with it. It's uh, one of our most effective means of communication. Gifts and memes are our love language, as far as I'm concerned. But to try and use them without that understanding, perhaps for those trending over 40, um, it can get some laughs and maybe a little bit of offense in the church because 
without knowing it, you're putting a picture of a guy smoking a blunt up on your uh, PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I think it's good sometimes is the foot in the door like it is with the sign, and then you can have that conversation into, all right, this is what a true walk of Christ looks like is there's good times, but there's also a lot of trials and tribulations too, as, as you've talked about. So it's not just all funny and humorous. And so it does become challenging at the pulpit sometimes of where you bring that in. I remember my pastor growing up, uh, he shared a Simpsons episode one time. It was, I think it started off with the 15 or 20 commandments and he drops them. So then it becomes the 10 commandments. So not really. That's good. Yeah. I thought it was funny as a kid of sitting in there. I was like, Oh, this is, I think it's hilarious, but it, it just was talking about the 10 commandments probably not that relevant did it need to be shared but as a kid i was like i think this is funny and and this is where we you know we get into again the the fourfold of you know it's got to be strategic it's got to be relevant or it's not worth doing you know and and this is where you know why we talk so heavily on knowing your demographics as a church if you are a church that has potential to reach the you know the millennial gen gen z age group this is a very easy method to do as long as you have somebody that understands what they're doing with it so you don't accidentally post you know uh, a guy that's high on screen if you have no potential of doing that and you still are going to try you need to make sure that again you are doing things that are strategically relevant. You know, we there was a uh, the church that m- my wife and I started at, out of out of college. I was asked to preach on really I was asked to preach on what the church's responsibility to the school district was actually supposed to be. This was right at the heart of the whole um, argument over Common Core and everything like that. And, you know, this is where, you know, I had done some research and found areas where the the way that it was being presented was wrong and that the church should respond with their kids, but not with the school district. And the the examples I used was two clips out of Lord of the Rings. You know, we we talked about the whole idea of, you know, Sam and both were with Sam, Sam's speech to Frodo and, and the two towers and then the scene of. Sam saying, I can't carry this for you, but I can carry you and carrying him up the mountain. Because both of those represented what the church actually was supposed to be doing with our youth. But the church did not get it. (laughs) To put it bluntly, they did not bluntly. um, They did not get it at all. Now, it was not a non-strategic relevant move because the whole point was we were talking about we need to be able to do this kind of stuff with our kids. And so this is a perfect example of what we were talking about. But the reception to it was one that was not necessarily efficiently or effective. Fast forward to one of the other churches we were at in Cleveland and I post, I would post a meme Sunday morning at times on the Facebook page that was somewhat related as a teaser to what I was preaching on. And what, you know, it, it was something where some people did not understand why this was on our Facebook page. We also had a large majority of people that, like your church with the sign, didn't even know we had a Facebook page. But, you know, there were some that couldn't understand why that was on there. But then there was also a group of people that was forming online where we actually had an online congregation that the majority of the church didn't even know about. And those memes and the Facebook streams are what actually drew them in and wanted to learn more to the point where I was getting calls from people and reference requests from people that I didn't even know, but I was listed as their pastor. They were in different states. They were in different parts of the city. And I had never actually met them outside of I saw them on the chat every once in a while. You've got to make sure it's strategic. you got to make sure it's relevant. But you've got to make sure also that you are doing things effectively and that you are looking at things as what is the impact here. And that's what it sounds like at least the majority of your church is seeing the impact now and is fully embracing it. At least that still know that the sign is there. (laughs) Yeah. 
And I, I think you bring up a great point in that you see those connections you made with people that you've never met, but they're listing you as a pastor. And I think it comes down to us adjusting our way of viewing impact or growth. We've even seen it that now that we're live streaming, which, you know, churches have been doing for a while, but we're, we're finally at it. Um, it's been almost a year with it. And the thing I'm even battling is seeing less people in the pews and letting that be a discouragement to me because they're not in church. But then our online engagement is like a, a couple devices higher than how many people are in the pews. And so that could be one person watching online or a family of two, three, four. And so in terms of numbers, if you put all that together, it was a great Sunday. And I don't try not to live and die by the numbers, but it's almost like the shift in my mind has to be made to where online is just as important as in person. And so making those connections with people through online worship or memes or the Instagram page, um, I, ha I have to em embrace that myself more um, because it's another tool we have to, to measure our impact that we're not just limited to what we see walking through our doors, but we see what we're doing in terms of the engagement we see on the posts that we make and the, the things that we share. I think the one challenge too can be of being in the world, but not of the world and that fine line, especially with comedy and different things too, and making sure you're relevant, but not too far off over here on what you're talking about and like why do you get that reference or what are you doing here i think that can be a challenge for a lot of pastors and christians in general of, of oh i want to be the cool hip pastor or whatever and get this reference and do all these things but it's like well how how far is too far mm -hmm. and there's not really a, a fine line where we can say up oh, no, here you crossed it so i think that could be a balancing act but also something we've talked about too uh, as far as like Christians, I should say Christianity and theology, and as far as pushing away media mm -hmm. initially and seeing that as a fear. And uh, that is not one of the things I'm talking about, but I think some of the, the jokes and stuff could be. One of the uh, honors that I have received in my time of being our, our, our church sign guy is that there was an article posted. I forget the website, but, uh, the, the article was about churches that are trying too hard. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the other one I got was on, uh, is this the worst church sign ever? And it was, it was a sign that I made. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, I made it. But the trying too hard thing, uh, I, at first I, I laughed, but then in the article itself, you know, the caption was, I would attend this church no matter where it is. And so the headline drew me in like trying too hard. I mean, maybe sometimes but uh yeah the the one the one that was shared is this the worst church sign ever um it, it was yeah one that a church had plagiarized off of us that then got pictured by uh pictured uh no it was shared by john christ and then yes uh, got into that article that i article. saw that yeah, yeah. Was, uh, the the parody of uh, old town road mm -hmm. and there's a church in maryland uh they used exactly the format and the cartoon Jesus that we used. And then it took off at first, maybe even still today, I feel a little salty about that, but it was then nominated for, is this the worst church sign ever? And I thought, wow. And that's going to carry me right into the kingdom. When I get to the gates, Jesus, <laughs> I, I made the worst, the worst church sign ever. Well, and when he's handing out crowns, yeah. that'll be your, <laughs> you know, and one last, one last thing to either, you know, pop your ego bubble or boost it one or the other here. You know, the, the first place that I saw you, like I said, was in the, the DMTS page. And the one that was shared was the one where you have a picture of Ed Helms and said, Andy walks with me. Andy talks with me. Okay. And the the weird, the funniest thing was the divide that it caused within the group because half of us thought this is brilliant and this is great. And like I even I even shared it to a church social media manager's page. So I'm like, if you are in here, we need to connect. Um, and but the other half was like, this is so disrespectful. This is all, all you know, this is all this kind of stuff, even though they laughed at the picture. They still like this is disrespectful or anything like that. And, and this is where, you know, like you're talking about here, when we when we look at our effectiveness, when we look at our impact, 
we've got to actually remember why we're do what the strategic relevance was actually targeting and why we're doing this because you are going to get a lot of naysayers whether it's in your church or outside of it about the stuff that you are doing and so you've got to determine is this coming from people that one their opinion matters two that this was actually targeted for and three are they actually speaking something that god's telling them or are they just trying to cause trouble yeah and yeah, we um, had one of our Christmas posts. Uh, here's me just here. I'm going to pump the ego back up again. Uh, Crowder had shared one of our uh, Christmas signs with Jesus dancing and says, we're going to party like it's my birthday. And my favorite comment on that was uh, something about being a religious, uh, uh, no, a sacrilegious tool. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> I'm the sacrilegious tool. I even commented back to that guy. Uh, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and this is where, you know, we could go on and on and on about why people think this is sacrilegious and how it's a misrepresentation of the 10 commandments and all that, but we can save that for another episode. Pastor Josh, thank you for coming. Thank you. We are going to link all of his stuff up on the website and, and in the show notes here. Once I actually remember to do the website, they'll be on the website, but we will link them there eventually. Um, yeah, this has been season one. Yep, we've got some people to thank too for yes. helping us out in season one. First and foremost, a Courageous Clothing Company for providing a lot of our shirts that we were able to wear throughout this season, um, being at some of the events that we were at as right. well. As well as being the sponsor for season one as a whole. Um, speaking of which, if you or anybody you know is interested in potentially being our season two sponsor, get in touch with us. Um, you can do that in a number of ways. Um, our email is at is ministry misfit media at gmail.com or you can find us on social media pretty much all social media mm-hmm. including reddit now which i got on because i heard there was a group that was basically us on there that we could talk to oh we need, i need to find that out because yeah. you were asking me about it the one day right that's why i was surprised that's why i was asking <laughs> um you know we're we're out there at ministry misfit on pretty much everything facebook instagram twitter tiktok um, you can also find Brandon at Simmons Sticks on Twitter, although he doesn't know how to turn his off, so you can't really follow him. Yeah, but may- you can may- try. Maybe I need training on that myself. Yeah. Um, if you want to give, you can still give. You can do that in a couple of ways. One is through our Cash App. One is through our Buy Me a Coffee page, which is buymeacoffee.com backslash Ministry Misfits, which that will still be up for a while, but it may not be up all the way through the end of March. We're looking at a couple of different options for that as well. But you also can still donate for a tax credit by going to csrm.org backslash donate, click on domestic staff, and then you click on my name in the drop down menu. And that money goes towards the Misfits as well as the CSRM mission and vision as a whole. I think that about wraps it up. As always, we still have our store. Yes, the store um, is still up, and it may it may come down for a short time in the month of March while we're n- moving things around. But have no fear; it will return. Did we have one more sponsor? So- oh no, we didn't have a sponsor, but we did have a, a partner that we wanted to shout out. Morning Light Music, we yes. we get our our music from. If you guys are like the music and are interested in where you can get that kind of music for your videos contact us we have an affiliate link we can give you and a code for 10 percent off your license um, we also want to shout out tikva who we have partnered with for you know about half of season one yep i think it was actually starting in december because it was uh well, we, we, part were, of giving we were talking Tuesday. with them at absurd conference so we're yes. gonna say half of season one okay and then see we can claim it half of season one we're gonna keep on partnering with them throughout this year as well and so you guys can do can help them in a couple ways one is just by going and finding them i think they're still in their 100 sponsors for 100 days campaign but then in addition to that you also can go to our store and purchase a tikva tea and 70 percent of the profits from that goes back to tikva um, to support the work that they are doing here in inner city canton yeah or you could uh, also just like me go ahead and volunteer work with that, students local. after yeah after yeah. our programs if you're in canton go ahead and volunteer as well that's right so 
all that to say thank you for listening let us know how we did for season one let us know what your favorites were yeah. let us know what your least favorites were so Please that leave we reviews yes. on the, uh, yeah yeah there we go <laughs> josh is saying so is he, so we can come back on and next time his ego he could say i'm that no. guy i'm the guy that got the one get got them the one star review on itunes <laughs> so yes please Although, and you can start using this line too. We'll, we'll, we'll lend this to you for free. Bad reviews are helpful, but don't be a troll because God is watching. So, thank you for listening. We will be back in March a couple of days or for a uh, live stream that we are doing through through CSRM. You guys can check out our Facebook and the OB Facebook for more information about that. We will be doing that. You might see a couple mini-sodes here and there from us. Maybe a blog post if I actually have time to type, but we all know that's probably not going to happen. Um, although, if you want to see mini blog posts, you can always go to our Twitter pages and watch all yeah, that. Said, yeah, that's a whole, that's a movie basically unfolding. Yes, it is. We are, we are, yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. So we will see you all in season two. Have fun. Ministry Misfits Podcast is a production of Overwhelming Victory Flicks, Overwhelming Victory Radio, and Ministry Misfits Media. Dr. Greg Linville and Andrew Fouts are our executive producers, and Brandon Simmons is associate producer. Our music is provided by Morning Light Music and is titled Rain. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at ministrymisfitmedia at gmail.com or by following at Ministry Misfit on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can support Ministry Misfits at anchor.fm forward slash Ministry Misfits or for FO1C3 credit by going to csrm.org forward slash donate and selecting Andrew Fouts in the campaign menu. To learn more about Overwhelming Victory or to listen to our sister podcast, visit overwhelmingvictory.org.